Are you a female in technology looking to reach the VP level and beyond? Join me, Lisa Kostova, and guests for honest and real tips, strategies, and conversation to accelerate and most importantly, enjoy your career climb today. Connect with us in our community at careerclimb.co and enjoy the show. Hey, it's Lisa at Career Climb. Today I'm answering the following question. So I have a career plan, thanks to the Denali Executive Accelerator. You're welcome. But now the question continues, how do I stay consistent at executing this plan throughout the year without falling off the bandwagon with busy work and getting distracted by people who are trying to pull me into unrelated work? Well, you will need three things to accomplish this. First, which you already have, is a plan. This is a career plan, a specific career plan with goals and milestones for the next year. Now, if you don't have that yet, head over and check out the Denali Executive Accelerator. This is exactly what we help you accomplish. The second thing you'll need is support and accountability. And again, you will need a community, a network of people uh, to believe in you and to keep you accountable and support you throughout this, this whole process. And the third thing you are going to need is a consistent habit. Now, this is where things get a bit tricky because with a plan, if you think about all the people who have New Year's resolutions, right? They have a plan, they have a goal, they have a timeline, so a year. But most New Year's resolutions are not successful. They don't get executed. Why? And it comes down to a couple of things. The first thing is having a consistent habit. So taking action consistently every day. However, however, there's a wrinkle in this. There's one big challenge in executing your plan, even if you're the most disciplined person in the world. And that challenge is if your self-image is not consistent with the changes you're trying to implement, you will not achieve your results, period. I'll say it again. If your self-image is inconsistent, does not include the behaviors you're trying to adopt, the changes you're trying to implement, you will not be successful at implementing those changes. How will you know that that's the case? Well, if your plan calls for you to start taking actions and you're feeling yourself procrastinating and resisting taking those actions, taking actions on your plan starts with believing that your objective, your goal is possible. Otherwise, you are just, you're just going through the motions, uh, wishful thinking, but there's this big break in your car. It's like trying, trying to drive a car with your, with both feet, one on the gas pedal, the other on the brake. Um, you're not going to go far. So how do we let go of that brake? What needs to happen? And there's one key element, one key change, one key transformation that needs to happen. And it's very, very important. And that is you need to step into the identity of the person who has the behaviors that you want, who has the things that you desire, 
who has all of those, all of those aspects of your end goal. And you have to transform into that identity. This is, this has been a huge area of study of research for a lot of uh, organizational psychologists, psychologists, sports psychology. A lot of this is derived from sports psychology and has been proven in um, the arena of athletics. And if you want to check out more research, more books and information on that, I'll leave, I'll leave the books in the show notes for the podcast. But um, just, you know, to give you a quick list, this Work started in the 60s with a book written by a former or practicing plastic surgeon uh, who wrote a book about um, how even though a lot of people receive plastic surgery and improve their appearance, their confidence and self-esteem, if that doesn't get transformed, they will still keep living the same lives and experiencing the same feelings as they did before the physical transformation. That book is called Cyber um, Psycho-Cybernetics. And again, I'll link to it in the show notes. Uh, the second book that is really interesting and very practical and kind of a modern spin on the same thesis, the same idea is Alter Ego. Um, and that one has you know, more practical, more practical ideas about how you can start feeling that identity in yourself and how to pick your, you know, master identity or hero. And um, I also talked to Mir Eyal, who in his latest book also discusses the topic about identity transformation as the key ingredient to accomplishing your goals. Again, link in the description. But going back to how it actually works, I want to take this time to answer this question in a way that is um, helpful to you that you can start taking an action on right away. And in fact, I'm going to drop a guided visualization, a 10-minute guided visualization to help you execute some of this on your own. And you can play it every time you want, ideally every day for the first month um, so that you establish establish this connection between yourself and the identity that you're looking to step into. So for me, this was illustrated by the time when I became a mountaineer. You know, I was, in the beginning, I was doing mountain climbing as an amateur, and I learned pretty late in life. I learned in my late 30s, and I, you know, I learned as somebody entering a highly specialized field, knowing that most of the people who were achieving the greatest things in climbing and in mountaineering were younger than me, were stronger, physically stronger, physically more energetic. And I kind of came in thinking of myself as not really a mountaineer, not really a climber because I was older. I was just starting to get into it. And, you know, I was enjoying it. I was enjoying it, but it wasn't really, I didn't consider myself capable of getting to the big mountains. So when I circled in an airplane, the mountain of Denali, the highest mountain in North America, it's also considered to be one of the most difficult of the highest mountains to climb outside of the Himalayas. And that's because of the altitude and the cold. It's almost in the Arctic Circle. So it does require um, a lot of 
physical strength, physical endurance. Um, only 10% of people who climb it are women because it does require every climber to haul their own gear, um, sometimes over a hundred pounds of it between your back and what's on the sled that you're pulling. So there's not a whole lot of women who are up to the task to prepare themselves for such a physical challenge. And there are no porters. There are no Sherpa on the mountains. So you have to carry everything yourself. There's a very interesting story I have about a climber, a woman, female climber who was with us on our expedition until she got turned around. But she had climbed all the other six of the seven highest peaks in the world, including Everest and she, you know, she just wanted to check the Denali off the list and she was just not prepared. She was not prepared for the physical requirements. Her identity as a mountaineer was challenged by this mountain because it didn't have the kind of catering aspects that all the other mountains had. A lot of sharp, a lot of people who cook for you, who prepare things for you, who carry a lot of your equipment. So back to kind of me looking at the mountain, I had less than half a year of mountaineering experience at that point. And when I decided to climb Denali, I knew that if I was dropped off at uh, base camp that same day, I would not, I would not have not just the physical strength, but I wouldn't have the mental strength, the mental training to actually make it to the top. You know, climbing like a lot of pursuits, like climbing your career, advancing in any area of experience, of expertise requires a strong mental game. Physical prerequisites are just that. They're prerequisites, but you need to have the mental game to develop the capacity and become the person who can be at the top. So I knew that, you know, it wasn't, I wasn't going to like, fake it until I made it. That's not a strategy that's going to work. We're not talking about pretending all of a sudden that you are an experienced mountaineer and just, you know, faking it and then being, being an imposter. Fundamentally, you know, what you have to do is close the gap of who you are today and who you need to become to be on the summit of that mountain. And the bigger that gap, the bigger the imposter syndrome that you feel now. And the harder you need to intentionally work at it to close that gap. So for me, coming from only six months of mountaineering and climbing experience, very intensely packed, but still a short time, I was an amateur and I knew I needed to become an expedition mountaineer who could climb the Nali if I or to climb it in nine months. So for me, that involved stepping into that identity of an expedition mountaineer right away. So while I didn't yet have the body and the physical and the muscle strength of the mountaineer, I could start developing the mentality, the mental game of one right away. There's no, <laughs> there's no, um, muscle overworking when it comes to your mind, or at least it takes a different shape. So we can accelerate the mental game by quite a bit. So what I did was I 
picked an expedition climber role model. Uh, it was, you know, actually my coach. Um, so that helped, you know, being close to somebody who exemplified that identity for me. Somebody who had climbed Denali many, many times as a guide. And in fact, I had two coaches. One of them had even put in new routes uh, on the mountain. But the idea of the training of the of the process was I needed to start thinking like an expedition mountaineer. I needed to start making decisions like an expedition mountaineer and not like the amateur climber I was up until that point. I needed to start making decisions and start feeling and start observing and transforming these observations into into actionable items like an expedition mountaineer would. So for me, those questions on a daily basis, I would get up and I would ask myself, hey, would an expedition mountaineer eat this or would they eat that? Would an expedition mountaineer skip this workout and stay in bed because it's too cold or too early? On the other extreme, would a mountaineer pick up speed on this recovery run that is supposed to give their body the time to recover and recuperate? Would they kind of go into a full-blown sprint just because the next door neighbor who's older is running on the same street and they don't want to be embarrassed? Or would a mountaineer stick to their regimen and their discipline? Right. So the discipline, developing a discipline is nothing more than doing the same set of consistent actions and decisions and thought processes day after day after day. And that's what you get to do. And you get to start first with connecting with that identity, the identity of the person who can, who can do the things that you're looking to accomplish at the end of your plan. Who is that person whose identity is consistent with having the things you're looking to have? If you're looking to get promoted to the next level, say you're looking to get promoted to a VP of product, who is an executive? What type of identity, what type of decision-making process, what type of thought process, what type of feelings, what type of thoughts go through the mind of a VP? of product or a VP of whatever, right? You need to first identify a person that you admire that has that identity, already embodies that identity. And you need to start almost like an actor preparing to act a play or preparing to act a role in a movie. You need to really imbibe that identity, feel it on a mental level, on an emotional level, on a physical level, on a gut level, right? That's the first step. Once you feel that, it's going to be easier for you to access the thoughts, the perceptions, the emotions that that identity would have in your current day-to-day life. So again, step number one is to really feel into that new identity of the person who you're looking to become at the end of your plan. And then step number two is to start thinking, behaving like that person 
So what would this person do? Say you're working on your public speaking and you want to be as fluent and fluid as Oprah Winfrey is at the end of the 12 months. Let's say, you know, your goal is to be a comfortable presenter, an amazing interviewer. So you got to step in Oprah Winfrey's shoes. You have to feel what it is like to be her when she is talking, when she steps into a room, when she is in front of the audience. You got to feel the sensations, the physical sensations of being her. You got to feel what it's like for her to speak in the way that she speaks and be comfortable with the pauses. You get to pay attention to how this person is in all aspects of their being. And then you get to channel that. You get to channel that back towards you. And again, that's going to help you Build the bridge, build the bridge, because channeling that person's wholesale identity is going to allow you to pick up all the behaviors and thought patterns and decisions um, without thinking of them individually and using your willpower to change each one independently. So taking in that identity um, will help you ask yourself the question, what would this person do? Would this person back away from this or would they, would they persevere? Would this person do this or do that? Would this person, you know, take this thing personally and give up? Or would this person do something else and come back stronger? What would this person eat? What would this person think? What would this person say? How would this person say it? Would this person be confident or would they be fearful? So, again, back to the basics, step number one to making sure that you can implement your plan and achieve that progression, achieve that goal that you have at the end of it starts with first picking and identifying the identity, maybe with the help of a person, with the help of somebody who you admire, with the help of even a fictional character will do. And then channeling that identity into your present body and mind so that you can start feeling that identity in a real way and starting to take it on, try it on daily to become more and more comfortable with it. And the more you become comfortable with it, the more you channel that identity every single day, the easier it will be to adopt the behaviors and the actions to make your plan a reality because they will be consistent with the identity you're becoming. I invite you to check out the meditation or the creative visualization 10 minute long that I have in this podcast. Or if you are seeing this video somewhere else, go check out um, our website and the blog page for this, for this post, but check it out and have fun with it. Have fun with it. You are transforming, you're changing, and it's going to be amazing. Enjoyed the show? Make sure to subscribe, rate, or send this episode to a friend. For more resources on advancing your career, subscribe to our weekly newsletter at careerclimb.co.